Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi Liel Shalom. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Kedusha, holiness. What does it mean to be holy? How do you become holy? Are there a bunch of levels of holiness, or is it just you're holy or not holy? We are going to dive deep into that on today's episode. I'm Yisrael Yudkowski. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. So this this episode will be a little bit out of the series. It's like a topic on its own. Once in a while, we said we're going to do that. Like we had Shiram about love, about uh, relationships. So this one, this episode, we will talk about Kedusha. Kedusha. Holiness. So let's start with a question. What is the meaning of Kedusha? Kedusha, when you use the word Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Oh, this guy is very holy. Kadosh. What are you referring to? What do we use the word holy for? I think I would say it's used, you know, basically when someone does the right thing and becomes close to God. So becoming becoming close to God makes you holy? Yeah, I would, I would say so. A person that's close to God... Is holy. Why is he holy? He's close to God. No, I'm saying he's like that's why I said it's like by doing the right things and Okay. So you become a holy person, right? Yeah. That's what we we use the word a holy person or holy purpose it could be. But we use so what do you think we're using what are you referring to when you're saying this guy is holy? He's kadosh. What are you saying? You're describing that's how you describe a person that's close to God? Oh, someone who, you know, always does the right thing. Well, he gets the title. He gets the, like, reward. You get the badge of holiness, which means what? I think there's obviously a bunch of levels. It's not that you're either holy or you're not holy. Oh, that per- person is holy. That person is not holy. It's, you know, there's a bunch of levels, you you know. And obviously, you know, there's no way for us to really measure it. But obviously for Hashem, you know, this you know, this person is more holy, this person is a bit less holy, but he's still holy. You know, this But still we need to find out, right? What is the meaning of holy? Let's say when you say in Havdalah, right? Hamavdihil ben Kodesh Lechol, right? And God separated between the holy, which is referring to the, the holy day, which is Shabbos, to the rest of the week, which is Chol. Chulin means like plain, not holy. Okay, not not necessarily impure or or bad, but not kodesh. That's chol, right? So um, chol means not not necessarily holy. So again, you see, I'm still trying to figure out what is the meaning of holiness. Okay, you with me on that? Yeah, yeah. We need to find 100%. out what is what is the word holy. Uh, in the Torah. We the Torah is talking so much about holiness, right? And your dwelling place should be holy. Uh, that you should be holy to me. What does holy mean? Okay, so if you're if so, we're going to go on two kind of directions. One will be more the simple way to go. One will be a little bit more deeper, and then we're going to go into different topics and show 
and demonstrate how to become holy. How, how can we try and strive to be holy? So what does holy mean? Holy means separated, okay? It's separated in a way that, you know, it, let's say in the in in the non-Jewish world, they refer to holy as like he's high above, right? This guy is, is very holy. He's not indulging in 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 desires of this world, you know, lahavdil, you know, monks that are sitting in the in the mountains and in somewhere in India or whatever, right? Um, so non-Jewish people refer to them as holy as they're separated. You see, they're separate from the regular humans. So kind of similar to that idea, by us we call holy someone that's separated, but it's not only separated. You know, to word to use the word separated is not enough, right? Um, because sometimes you'll have se- something that's separated that they're just on the same level, but separated over here. Holy means separated, but on a higher level, meaning he's he's outside of it, but people use it as outside of it, but in a higher way, meaning he's higher above, okay, in whatever meaning. So, for instance, we just mentioned Shabbos, so there's a whole week, and then Shabbos is a more important day than the other days, right? Um, so when it's higher above than the other days, you will refer to it as a holy day, right? Or when you see when you say a holy person, that means there's regular people, but this guy, wah, he did something that's separating him from other people higher above than other people, right? Um, not to get confused as superior, not that he's superior in a way just because, it's just because he is doing something that's better that, brings them higher above than the rest. It's not the usual thing. It's not what people usually will do, and obviously in a, in a good way. Um, so that's one meaning of holiness, and, and obviously if you look in the whole Torah, Hashem is asking us, right, when Hashem came to us and gave us the Torah in Harsina, or when it even started from Avram Avinu, Hashem's, uh, Hashem, I, uh, we have a goal, right? To become holy, Hashem is giving us this goal because you can be a regular human in this world and, you know, do the seven mitzvahs b'nei noach, right? The basic moral duties to do in this world. And you do it, you'll be a good boy. No problem. But we know that we came here into this world to, what's the word? Earn it. To earn, right? I would say that forever, right? That's my, that's my big word. The earn, right? We came here to earn. If we came here to earn, that's our whole purpose over here. Well, so you can earn being a basic human, but then there's an option of being a superman. Superman, in a sense, Hashem gives you another option of like going beyond what the, just the normal, the regular, the usual. And that's why Jews have... 613 mitzvot commandments from God of there's the rest the the regular human let's call it that Hashem you know uh, you could start off with I would say it nicely is having the seven mitzvot the seven commandments that are the basic of of being a being a moral person but then 
the 613, right, is way beyond, is separated than the regular human. That's why the Jews are called holy. Right? We are a holy people. We are holy in a sense that we took on ourselves a mission to be a superman, to do the way beyond, right? We have 613 ways how to become a moral person that's close to Hashem, right? So, um, so that makes holiness. That's like kind of the effect. Holiness is the effect of being higher, taking a higher purpose, being separated from the regular um, average and going higher, so that makes you holy, okay? And that's what really Hashem wanted. Hashem doesn't want you just to do what He told you. He wants you to go beyond, and that's why even within Judaism, within the 613, there's high, like you were saying before, it's different levels. There's higher and higher levels and higher levels to become holy. Okay, that's that's one, uh, that's the basic meaning, I would say, the, the of what Kedusha means, what holiness means. There's a deeper meaning in holiness. Um, holiness is, I once heard this word from Rabbi Manus Friedman. Um, I heard this word, he put it in a very beautiful word to try to describe this idea. He said that holiness means transparency, clear, that it's not blocked. Okay, you see, when you have like beautiful clear water, you go into this beautiful, uh, you go to this beautiful beach, right? And you see the sand underneath, it's so clear, so transparent, right? You can, you can mamish see through. So, um, that's holiness. Holiness is when you can see beyond and you don't. You're not blocked. What do I mean? To, to give us a little bit of further explanation, um, Hashem made this world um, full of like dirt in the water. Olam, the world, right? We call in Hebrew Olam. Olam comes from the word Ne'elam or hidden, right? This world is this full of distractions from the real thing, your real purpose, your real destination, right? But Hashem made this world full of tithes, full of distractions. I don't need to even prove that, right? Our life is loaded with distractions. And we always, when you try to think about any higher purpose, you will, you walk out of a shear, right? You walk out of a shear. And um, wow, that shear was about our purpose in the world, was about a good Gemara, a, a beautiful uh, idea in the parsha or some other chidush Torah from God, you walk out, you feel on a high, you feel like I'm grabbing the the real stuff. I'm grabbing the real world, the spiritual like, that's world. That's it. No more baloney. I'm the next God al Hadar. That's it. No more games. You know, I'm done. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Two Everyone later. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone experiences that, right? Yep. You get to a certain level in holiness. In, in in closest to Hashem, and then you just, boom, here's another distraction. Oh, and here's another distraction. You walk out, you see this, you get hungry, and you start, like, getting into the food, and even simple things like food could just, like, 
get you out of that incredible focus of being holy. I think I'm saying very simple things. I mean, everyone will agree on this. Anyone that's that ever tried to elevate himself and become more closer to Hashem will experience that, those ups and downs that you, you try to get to a point and boom, right? I, we know that's all part of the game. It's all right, it's all right, tough. But this world was designed for distractions. And that's how Hashem made it. He made it full of distractions. It's so much of distractions. You go, you go out there in the world. You go buy a house, right? How much can you deal with the house? You buy the house and then you buy pictures and then you buy couch and furniture, right? And then every time you want to get like this extra thing, this window this that moves automatically and, and then let's add another thing. And then the yard is before you start even with the yard. And let's get that for the yard and that, yeah, th- and, that. and forget about gadgets, right? When you're starting with gadgets in your life, free. you can be busy. Hashem designed this world. You can be busy in this physical world, indulge in this physical world forever, right? He made it so interesting. You know, there's people that are into cars, right? It doesn't end. <laughs> You'll be busy with cars your whole life, right? Because they're always going to come without more, with more, with the new model and the new model today, with technology. I don't even, it's safe explanatory, right? Everyone knows that you could be busy with this world and I would say with nonsense, meaning with something that's not meaning meaningful at all. You can just be busy. And that's before I'm talking about more, you know, not good desires or or substance or, uh, you know, things that people could get busy with in this world. So this world is full of this distractions. Holiness, transparency means that you could, you remove, you can move away all of those distractions, all of those things that are blocking you. And you see through, you could see your, your sight. You're more clear in this world. When you have more clarity in this world, to the meaning of the world, to your purpose, to who you are, to your tough kid in this world, to your job in this world, that's, you're starting to enter holiness. And like you said before, there's so many levels. You know, there's levels of, let's say, Rocha Kodesh. You're more clear. You can see further. Rocha Kodesh means you see further you have kind of the third eye what they call like the 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 brain eye that you just see you're more clear you see a person that's busy in the tivas of this world he's so indulged he's so he's so in the mud he doesn't see anything it's all so muddy around him exactly he's not clear so you see that's it's a little bit of a harder thing to grasp this idea but that's the deeper meaning of holiness. Holiness means that you're a lot more clear, transparent towards your your real purpose and there's less distractions about you. A holy person means there is less distractions of this world. He's more clear on Hashem. He's more clear on his purpose. Why is Shabbos a holy day? Because Shabbos is more transparent. Shabbos in itself you get rid of all the distractions. Exactly. You don't have the malachas of this world. You don't have the distractions of this world, right? So you, it's a holy day, and you become more holy on Shabbos, etc., etc. You get the idea. Just to mention, I think we mentioned this earlier episodes, that the way the world, I have to mention this, not to get the wrong perspective, according to Judaism, 
we don't view this world as just pure distraction. This world is all bad. Like the rest of the world, many in other religions, they'll view holy if you move yourself from eating, from getting married, from living in this world, and that's holy by them, which is very deceiving. You know, it, it does sound like we said before, yeah, you're holy, you're moving away from the distractions. However, Judaism has a completely different, uh, you can say the opposite direction we go. We take everything in this world. We take marriage, we t- uh, relations, right, which we're going to talk about soon. And we take uh, um, uh, food, and we take all these distractions, and we're supposed to elevate them, right? I mentioned this before. We need to take it and bring it and make that holy, not just to run away from that, like many other religions believe, that this world is just evil, 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 just distraction. No, we take this, which could be evil, and we elevate it and make it good, make it, and and actually use it to become more holy. I mean, how do you become holy on Shabbos? By eating, believe it or not. Part of your your elevation on Shabbos of becoming more spiritual is eating. You have to eat. <laughs> Yom Tov, you got to, right? You got to eat. Korbano, some of the korbanos, you have to eat. There's also the aura. You know, people have the aura around them, each person. Mm-hmm. And like there's different colors. I think red is the most uh, toma. Um, then colors of the rainbow, I think. Then orange, then yellow, then green. Then, you know, blue is like very, very holy. And I think uh, I think this is from Rev. Zamir Cohen's book that after blue is purple and then white, which white is like the top of the top doesn't get higher more holy than the white but i think uh if i remember correctly purple and white only jews could get really kanievsky type or um and like what rebbe is saying the highest color for uh non-jews you know you go take all these uh buddhists and you know these monks and they're super holy and stuff like they'll have a blue aura right and jews how could they get the purple on the white? Because what did we just say? Is that they don't disconnect from the tuma. They take the tuma and make it holy. They do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. What is the most tuma color? Red. Mm-hmm. What is the most kadusha color? The blue. What happens if you take the two and use them the right way? What happens if you mix red and purple. blue together? You get purple. So that's the purple aura. That's your chiddush? No. Ah. My father's, or wow. again, this is something I heard years ago. I'm not even in these in the colors, and I should look yeah, into this it. Whole, uh, aura that sounds incredible, really amazing. Yeah. Wow, I just heard what I told you about the tefillin. That when they found that when a person is wearing tefillin, his aura like grows like crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know if it has to do with the the, the five parts of the neshama because the, the, we have five parts of the neshama right in our stomach. Ah. Referring to it as a nefesh. It does. The heart is a ruach. The brain is neshama. And the chaya, chaya is the aura around, is what's what's right right outside of it you. It does, because it's very funny. Rebbe saying that. I remember the pictures in Rebbe Zamir Cohen's book. So the ur, it has pictures there. Also, there's like, you know, a picture of a person. And also, it has like five dots also that change color. Like also one, you know, where his head is, one by the brain, one in the stomach. That's the five and, parts of the show. Right, yeah, so now Rebbe's saying it. Really? It you know, reminds me of this uh, picture that, yeah. Yeah, always remember this. The five parts world. of the neshama. Nefesh, ruach, neshama. 
Chaya Yechida. Nefesh is referring to, is the lowest part of your neshama, referring to the stomach. I mean, not that, you know, that's the, like, the dwelling place of the spiritual part of nefesh is by your stomach, where, you know, where more the nefesh behemis, that's your animal part of you. And then the ruach, ruach is referring to the heart, is in the location of the heart, where ruach is referring to your 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 mitos, your personality, your, your, your uh, you know, your feelings, right? And then neshama, which we call the neshama after, we were always refer to that part. Neshama is one out of the five parts, but but it's in the brain. And the brain is where everything is happening, where everything is sitting. That's kind of the center, if you realize, because there's two below it, neshama, and there's two above it. So, and then you have neshamas in the brain and the seichel, the logic. And then Chaya, Chaya is the, like you were, we were talking about, that's what we're mentioning, this, the aura around you. It's like, it's right outside of your body, the thing that surrounds you. And Yechida, Yechida is the, is beyond. We don't understand that, but it's it's our connection to the real you, to the source where Hashem created us from. The source of our Neshama is Yechida. It's, it's connected. It's what connects everything below to there. So, yeah. Yes. I I'm thought doing this with wasn't hand. supposed to be a deep episode. Deep <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> right. Okay. Judaism, everything is deep. Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one-of-a-kind book that Archkol has recently published titled On the Shoulders of Giants. Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agudis Yisrael for over five decades, takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Da's Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Yisrael at Moetz's Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness, from the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Reb Meisha Feinstein, from the Ger Rebbes and Reb Aaron Lane Steinman to Rev. Don Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Reb Meisha Sher in his years in Agoda, Rabbi Bloom also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at archgirl.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore. On the Shoulders of Giants by Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. Get your copy today. I would also like to let you know that every few weeks throughout the Back to Basics program, we are going to have a Q&A with Rabbi Liel Shalom. So if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity on any one of the episodes, send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com. That is jewishfoundations at gmail.com. Every Q&A, we are going to give away a free copy of the incredible book On the Shoulders of Giants. So send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com and you might be the lucky winner of the fascinating book On the Shoulders of Giants. And now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so back to the the episode. So holiness. So we're going to go through, this is not going to be too long, we're going to go through different aspects in life that we really refer to Kedusha, okay? So we're going to start with a, a few topics. Uh, one of them will be Tzanius, right? Modesty, which always has a connotation. I'll explain it. We, it has a connection to Kedusha. And then we're going to talk about Hutzah Shech Vaser We'll call it waste, 
and we're going to talk about relations, um, how Hashem, des- what did Hashem design it for, and how you make you can make it do it in the wrong way, and you can do it in the holy way. And uh, then we're going to talk about we spoke about this before briefly about marriage and why is holiness what we always refer to holiness and marriage. We're going to go through those topics very quickly. So this one will be more referring to women that um, tznius, right? Modesty. So you know the obvious question everyone always asks: Hey, why only women need to be modest and not men? Right? Men could you know kind of uh, walk around they don't need to dress modestly there's no halachas of them you know covering we do also men need to be modest but very different than women we'll go, won't go into that but that has to do with holiness what does it mean a woman oh, we also mentioned this before you know she's not chayv in the 630 in all the mitzvah says man grandma right part of the mitzvah she's potter why so People just get the wrong perspective when they talk about tzanias or the difference between a man and a woman and about in the kima mitzvahs. It's not that a woman is not in the game. Like, no, you don't get all those mitzvahs. And like today, feminist movements, they're like, they feel it's like discrimination because they don't have to fill in or they don't have many mitzvahs. It's exactly the opposite. A woman in nature, because she's a woman, she's way ahead. In as far as holiness, she doesn't need all those mitzvahs. A man is in need to do all the mitzvahs, all the mitzvahs that are possible, not the ones that you're calling or anything, but out of the 613, all the mitzvahs that you can possibly do is because you need it like gas. You need it, you need it because without that, you're not going to get to that level of holiness without the mitzvahs. A woman, she has a a head start already. She's already on a level of holiness way over than a man in those aspects of the mitzvah that she doesn't have to do it because you already have that level of holiness. Okay? But a man, without doing that mitzvah, he won't have that level of holiness. Okay? So that's, so, from that, jumping into tznius, quickly explaining tznius and the connection between that and holiness, you see, um, it's a broader topic. We should make a whole episode just on sneers, but I just want to talk about it in the aspect of holiness. So I'm not giving you the whole idea of sneers over here, disclaimer, but just the aspect of holiness. You see, when we put a Sefer Torah in Aaron Kodesh, right? We have the Holy Torah sitting in the Aaron Kodesh, closed with doors, and a beautiful parochis on it, right? A nice covering for it. And we take it out and we kiss it. And we walk it, you have to follow it and walk it to the bima. You're so careful with it, right? You hold it, you hug it when you walk with it. Imagine the opposite. Imagine you would just have sefertaras like flying around, laying out like regular books. Hey, get pass over the sefertar. Wait, what does it say? You like opening a book, you leave it open by mistake, you're leaving it all around, it doesn't have any covering or anything. You put it in the back of the car. And everything like you, you like you yeah, use a sitter. Suitcases on it. <laughs> yeah, you put in your suitcase. Like I'm gonna read on the plane the Torah. You open the Torah, right? Imagine we would treat the Torah like that. How different though that would be. Mitzad, our feeling to it, and our respect to the Torah. How different would it be, right? Why? Torah is holy. Remember what we said? Holy is separated, and we we because we want to show and demonstrate. It's on a higher level 
That's why we keep it covered, keep it only for certain, uh, for, for special occasions, as they say. A woman has that aspect of holiness that she needs to uh, cover herself, not because something's wrong with her or she should be embarrassed. It's because she's so holy. It's because she has an incredible ho- holy part to her, right? Because we use, um, uh, the, you know, um, a, a woman uh, could use her, her beauty, right? For the right thing or for the wrong thing, right? She can use her her beauty according to the Torah, right? To to so you know, so men and women will be attracted to each other and get married. She can do that for for the sake of relations and for intimacy, right? Between a husband and a wife. That's when you use it appropriately. Why? Because it's such a holy thing. It has a holy purpose of what? has a holy purpose that eventually for the kingdom of the world, for the existence of the world, for the world to continue, for Pirivirivia. Not that that's the only purpose of, of marriage, right? We said, I don't know if we mentioned the this before. Relationship so, so we, have, we mentioned that uh, marriage is, first of all, to become a whole person, right? And then as a result of that, you have children. So that whole holy thing is, is coming a lot through the beauty of the woman. So the beauty of a woman is something very holy, believe it or not. You know, the Ram, the, um, the Ramban in uh, Sefer Havikuach, the dispute book, what was what was the idea of the dispute? I, maybe I also mentioned this, I think, earlier. Though in Spain, they wanted to expel, uh, sorry, in Spain, they had they wanted to make a dispute with the Ramban with the Christians, the king of Spain hosted this, and they wanted to make an argument between the Christians and the Jews. So Ramban came, did a whole dispute, and then Ramban obviously won, and they walked out and said, oh, we crushed him, right? We won. And the Ramban um, didn't want a chilol Hashem to happen, and he wrote down the whole entire dispute, everything, the whole back and forth, but they made one of the conditions that he wasn't allowed to, to put it in writing, and they they kicked him out of Spain. So in that dispute, there is an interesting moment when the Ramban was describing how in in Judaism, we view uh, relations as such a holy thing. It's one of the, it's the holiest thing, relations, right? And in the rest of the world, relation is taken out of, as like a desirable, low thing, you can call it. And we look at it as one of the holiest sacred things in the world, right? It's the kingdom of the world. Intimacy is the is the holiest of the holiest. Shechina is there. When a husband and a wife are together, there's Shechina between them. There's a holy uh, divine providence, I think is the word, in between them. And when the Ramban was saying that and ex- trying to explain to them how our view the king of Spain said, like, hmm, that was, that's very interesting. I never thought about it that way. You see, it's like so far from understanding it. And unfortunately, also back to talking about Sneas, unfortunately, people take it so much out of context as if, as if chas v'shalom, it's something is wrong with the woman, right? And she needs to hide <laughs> her body because something's wrong with it or because, ah, she's going to do a... She's gonna. She. She's. You know. 
because of her, she's doing an Avera, which is true. But the way to look at it is because that is a holy thing. It has a holy purpose. And when it has a holy purpose, you want to cover it, mitzad the covet, mitzad the dignity and respect to that tool that Hashem gave her. Right? It's not you're hiding because it's something, ugh, bad. Ugh. It's something because it's holy. And holy things should be more cherished, right? You don't walk, if you work in the diamond industry, right? In the diamond industry, imagine they would have these diamonds that are worth 100, 100K. You're walking with those small diamonds and you're like, you throw it around the table, put it in your pocket, walk around with it. Hey, take this. No, obviously, because it's worth, because it's so small and, and valuable, right? Small has nothing to do with this, but because it's so valuable, right? You, you treat, you treat it different. You treat it in a very respectful way. Have it in its own case, and you open the case, and there's small little bags, and in each bag there's a few, and you know you don't just open it on a table. You have a nice piece of cloth that you put it on, and you know. Right. That's the basic idea of of holiness in sneas. Again, sneas has more to it to explain why there's halachas like that. And and so on, but in Sneas, a woman when she's dressed modest, she's it's not a matter of oh who's going to look at me, who's not. It's a matter of I am much high on a higher level. I'm holy, right? I'm holier than a man. Like we said, we see it by the mitzvahs, and that's why um, you have that. It's a mitzvah of Sneas, right? Um, we have also jumping to relations themselves. Relations are obviously, you know, in uh, the way we look at it, like I just mentioned before, are so holy in a way that it's such a look at the purpose of what the relations bring. The relations, the, the Hashem designed that tool for you to participate in the in the creation of the world, because without humans, without relations, right, there wouldn't be continuation of the world. So kind of like, I mean, I'm using the words Hashem, like depends on us, kaviochal. It's not that he depends on us, but Hashem gave us that opportunity. He gave us the power. Unbelievable, right? Like we said, there's three partners in, in every human is two parents and Hashem, right? Look at that. You partner with Hashem to continue this world, this world that he created for the purposes. Isn't that incredible? That's the the holiest of the holiest. And yet the world views it as something low. Well, it's because, okay, so now we're, under, uh, we're understanding a new thing in holiness. I'm going to introduce this idea and we're going to finish the other examples. You see, the more the higher purpose it will be, the more discriminating it could be when you're wasting it, when you're using it, not in the appropriate way, in a waste manner. Okay, Hashem designed relations for what? For such a high purpose, for the continuation of the world. Anyone that has children understands the the and Bezer Hashem. Whoever doesn't will have will and will understand it. Whoever has under, children understand what a incredible uh, opportunity that is that you got in your life that you're able to produce life. What's holier than life? We value life more than anything, and you can pr- make another life. I mean, once my uh, 
you know, my rabbi, you know, there is a mitzvah in the Torah, Pirivirivya, of, of Mekai in the world, of having a boy and a girl, right? Some chlogus of a boy, a girl, or two boys, two girls, whatever it is. But once a person has a boy and a girl, a zocha, so he did the mitzvah of Pirivirivya, of multiplying. However, when you have a lot of children, like a lot of, you know, Orthodox Jews, uh, we have a lot of children. So, my Rashiva also explained it. What? <laughs> what about Baltaisim? <laughs> so, my Rashiva explained that it's, a, that it's a separate mitzvah. What's the, a separate mitzvah? It's, you know, if you look in the, in the, in the Gemara, it's Lashavis Yitzara. Hashem created this world to, to inhabit it, to sit in it, and to dwell. So when you have more and more children, you're doing the mitzvah of L'Shevis Yitzhara. Hashem created this world to live in it. It's a separate mitzvah than Perivarivya, right? Now, Rabbi explained, he says, you know what the mitzvah of L'Shevis Yitzhara, when you have more and more children, I mean, obviously, when, when you're doing it the appropriate and the right way, um, when you have a lot of children in this world, you need to view it as like you're producing more Servants for Hashem, more soldiers for Hashem. You made more people that will make kind of the roads in Hashem, that will elevate this world. They'll bring this world more to its, to its purpose. What an incredible present you gave to the world. What could be more incredible than children, right? Everyone knows this. Even non-Jews uh, value children, not for a selfish reason, because, you know, you're going to have fame and you're going to have children that will, you know, it gives you pride. No, it's because you're an incredible giver. I think that's la- that lays in the essence of, 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 of having children, that holy purpose of giving life, being part of it. So the more the holy, it, the more holier it is when you use it in a, in the wrong fashion, that relations that were designed for this high purpose, if you use relations for in a waste way, the way God says it is is a waste, right? So how how bad that is? Suddenly you understand now what tuma is. Tuma is a waste of life. When you have life, that's holiness. When you take life and it goes down the trash, that creates tuma. Now we understand what tuma is. Let's let's jump a second to nida. The tumas nidam. So in the Torah we describe it that it's she be right. She becomes. Tuma. Why is it Tuma? Because what happens, what happens, that uh, the woman had a, 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 an opportunity, right? It was an opportunity for life over there, right? And once it's not used, right, it goes to waste in a cycle, right? It goes to waste. So since there was an opportunity, not that she did any anything wrong or anything, but since there was it, it potentially it could have been used for life, right? Even though whatever circumstance she's not married or whatever, it doesn't matter. But right now, there was an opportunity for life, right? And right now, because of the cycle, it got wasted, it creates tumor. Anything that has a potential of life and then goes to waste, it becomes tumor. A, a dead person, a dead person has the highest level of tumor, tumas mace, what we call. Why is a dead body uh, has tuma has impurity why because till now when he was alive so he had life life that's holiness the second that life went up boom 
That's all. There's no more life, right? Now he's in the neshama is, is out of the body. So the body lost its life. Now the body turns into tumma because there's the opposite of life. Life got thrown out of the window. Tumma comes in. Understand how it works? It always will be like that. Tumas shichvazera, right? Waste. Uh, when when um when a man takes that opportunity that's really designed for life, right? It, in in that lays uh, an opportunity for life. Many many opportunities, but one of them, or maybe more, sometimes will hit um uh, an opportunity to hit life only in the in the fashion of relations, right? So by by wasting that, you're basically taking something again that had a potential life and it went to to waste. So it creates tumma. And that's what the Isr, the Isr of Otsashikh Vazar al-Batala is that you're taking such an incredible thing and it goes to waste. That creates tumma. That's a big Aveira. That's why, you know, uh it's important to mention over there this that there's a lot of misconceptions about it. Um you know, there's sources that say in the Gemara that says it's like it's like ritzicha, like killing. So chasvshalom, not to say that it's like killing, like Imamish went and killed a person, right? Because as far as I know, in halacha, if a, in at the time of Beis Amigdash, when we had Sanhedrin, if a person would murder, right, he would get chenik, right? He would get a mitas based in, right? A person that does he doesn't get a mitzvah based in the, the the idea of the Gemara that it's like ritzicha, it's like in a, in a way you took away life. There could have been in potential, in potential there could have been life, and then the life got wasted, right? That opportunity. So in that aspect, you took life. But it's not that it's ritzicha. It's uh, people get this wrong. It's a it's a it's a terrible avera. It's a very bad avera. Why? How do you know what you should be focused on? Uh, you know, someone that's wants to be careful of this and being, you know, be, make mechazek himself not to fall into this avera is looking at it because it has such a high purpose, such a ho- because it's such a holy thing. That's why the avera is so big because you're taking such a high thing and bringing it to the opposite. It creates a tremendous tumor. So with that. You got the basic idea, and from there on, you can go on and on and on and on. But this is the basic idea of understanding holiness and Kedusha. I only could bless all the listeners and myself, and you, Israel, especially you, for making this whole thing happen, that we should um, be zoche to mekadosh ourselves, make ourselves holy in a sense of being higher, Right, doing beyond, doing the beyond, and be, seeing, getting to levels of transparency that we can see more clear. The more you understand, the more clarity you have in the world, the more you'll be holy. The more you'll be closer to Hashem, closer to light. You'll understand. In a sense, holiness is you have awareness. You, you see the world better, the real world, not being indulged in the tithes of this world. And like we said, holiness is when there is life and productiveness and what the what brings us closer to the opportunity that God wanted to get us to. When it's wasted, it creates tumma. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be in a place of impurity, of tumma. If you pay attention, just last thing to mention, in in 
Lashon HaKodesh, in the holy language, what we call Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, not modern Hebrew exactly. Modern Hebrew um, um, actually didn't do what I'm going to say now, but in Lashon HaKodesh, it was designed, there's no name for something that's impure or dirty or wasted, right? It just has like kind of a, a description, but it doesn't have a name. For instance, you know, um, in the bathroom, right? Bathroom words, let's call it. Bathroom words, there's no bathroom words in Lashon HaKodesh. You know, we call Meiraglaim, the water of legs. It's a description. Or Beis Hakisa, the house the, of the chair. The room, the room of, of the seat. Of the seat. You see, we don't have Tso'a. You know what Tso'a is? Tso'a is not the name. Tso'a is waste. It's not a name for something bad. It's just a description of it. It's called Lashon HaKodesh. Because even in the words, or you, the famous example from the Torah, the 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 the, the animal that's pure and the, the animal that's that's not pure, right? It doesn't say that's bad, that's Tuma. That the, the not pure, the Lashon, the Torah. Be, be, so I'm saying that's just an example of us being holy, being elevated, you know, elevated. And Zerat uh, we should all get higher and higher and elevate ourselves, be more transparent uh, to see the the truth and um thank you very much thank you very much rabbi thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week so that is it for today hope you enjoyed hope you were able to learn something new if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment thank you very much for listening have a wonderful day we will be back next week